Hi, everybody. It is me, Shalini. And as you know, I love talking to people and recording audio. And my favorite person to talk to most of my life and, and has been a shoulder for me for years and years and years and years is my girl, Leonica Riley Irwin. She's in Kentwood. And the reason that we are chatting today is not to do our usual talking about what's going on in the world and catching up with each other on life and kids. Leonica is now running for city commissioner of Kentwood. And I just thought since you're running for a city commissioner and I know how important it is for people to hear what you got to say, therefore hear what we have to say, because you are we and we are we and you are we. Um, I feel like your neighbors and the people around you need to hear you and need to know who you are. So I want to roll out the stage for you, my girl, Leonica. Thank you for all that you do. And thank you for taking on this challenge. Uh, the people of Kentwood would be lucky to have you and they would be lucky to have you serving in their best interest for the community. So hello, Shalini and hello, listeners. It's good to be with everybody. I'm running for Kentwood City Commissioner at large. Tell me, why um, does that matter? Oh, it matters because there are different seats right now. So we okay. have four local elections um, for the city commission. The first is the mayor seat, which is a separate seat that's up for election. Then we have two wards in our city. So there is a ward one commissioner seat and a ward two commissioner seat that are also um, up and the at-large seat that I'm running for, which covers the entire city of Kentwood. Okay, so there's going to be three city commissioners then? Is that correct? Three city commissioners and a mayor. And a mayor, understood. Okay, cool. So um, I, ever since I've known you, when I met you, we were at Albion College. Um, and then you were even active in black school, school government. Yeah, you were in the Black School Alliance I, at Albion. I was on the, the student senate. And you were even in high school in Battle Creek, right? You were on, were you, I mean, you were on National Honor Society. I know that, right? Um, National Honor Society, um, student leadership, the NAACP Youth Council. Yes, I remember that. That's what I remember. The NAACP Youth Council, because you and I, when I first met you, you had just come hot off that from high school, right? Because you were a mm -hmm. freshman when I was a yes. sophomore at Albion, right? Um, and so you were one of those people when we met the activism was boiling through you and it came through me and we saw it and we didn't like what we saw and what made you decide to continue uh, down this path of, I don't want to say politics because it's not politics. Um, it's, not. From, it's not, it's right? survival. For me, it's about survival for my family is it's for my children. Um, there's no reason that the issues that we were talking about 20 years ago in Albion to still be issues and concerns faced by families and communities today. So 20 years ago, I wish it was two, two years ago. You said two years ago, 20, Did 20, I say two? yeah, <laughs> I was like, was I wish it was 22, <laughs> <laughs> 22 years ago. You're right. So it's not politics because when people say to me, like somebody said to me a very somebody who who 
may I may in life had considered a best friend when I was younger because that was what I was exposed to. But now looking back hindsight 2020, I'm not sure that we had the same understanding of what friend meant. Um, but they said to me, oh, it looks like we're not friends anymore because of politics. And the administration of Donald Trump led to a lot of these realizations for people like me where we were like, dude, we were never really cool. We were never really cool because it's not about politics. It is about pure life and survival, as you say. It is about the haves, the have nots, a country, a person, a team, a family, anyone is only as strong as their weakest link. And if we have right. starving children and billionaires running around in the same territory, just kind of hanging out like nothing's going on, something's wrong, people. So survival is obviously probably the better word than than politics. But tell me about um, why you decided to get I mean, obviously, why you decided to get involved. When did you start getting involved in the community uh, leadership roles that you've been that you've been doing lately? Um. Well, I think community service has been something I've always done. I'm a social worker. So I'm in the homes of families that live here in Kentwood and Kent County and throughout Michigan. And I'm seeing the issues that they're going through, the barriers that they're facing, the systemic hardships um, that they experience. So. I get a firsthand view of what's going on in the community and not the community that everybody's so proud of and wants to show off. You know, this is the community that we hide, the community that we don't want anyone to see, the, the community that has no voice because they're swept up under the rug. We don't want anybody to see this part of our community. And um we have people who are disenfranchised. We have people who have been oppressed from various systems and it's time for them to have a voice in government. It's time for them to have a voice in the decisions that are being made about their lives, their parks, their homes and what they can do. So um, it's a very bold step to put your name in the hat or touch your, your name in the ring for a political position. But I think that we can't sit around and complain and not do anything. And I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I just did not get involved and do as much as I can so that my kids and my grandkids just don't have to deal with some of the oppression and inequities that are going on right now. You said that brilliantly and nicely and kindly and sweetly and very diplomatically, because I know that there's this part of us that's screaming inside for feeling underrepresented. We, as women of color, are not, have not historically been in the decision-making seats and therefore decisions have been made for us. I am guilty of complaining and not doing anything. I try to get involved. Like I really knew that a new president was necessary. So I did phone banking and I did, you know, postcards. I know, I know. And I did postcards to get people to vote. But when you, you're right, when you get into office and you decide to really put yourself out there 
it's a big deal. And I know that you, this is coming from a place of, I need to do this because if I don't, who will? Yeah. And I know you, if not me, then who? I know that. And I, I admire you for that. I applaud you for that. Again, um, I don't live there in Kentwood. So I, I, this is not a, a, a personal thing. This is me wanting to share with your community who they are lucky enough to have on the ballot. Because if they don't know who they are lucky enough to have on the ballot, they should know. Um, representation. You've been in a lot of rooms where decisions have been made for families of color, um, where in those rooms, perhaps there was no one else of color, right? When decisions were being made for these families, I mean, as a social worker, case you, you see case by case, I'm sure, where socially what's happening in our communities isn't necessarily understood in the boardroom. Sure. So what is Kentwood's makeup? What is the makeup in Kentwood? Oh my God, Kentwood is the dream city, Shalini. That's why we're here. Um, we've been in Kentwood for eight years. We moved here from Grand Rapids and we moved here because of its diversity and its school. Kentwood has over 150 different languages spoken here. I, I can confidently say we are the most diverse community in West Michigan. Wow. And one of the most diverse communities in the state of Michigan, where we have a, a high percentage of Asian um, residents. We have a high percentage of African-American residents. We have a large um, Latinx community here. We have various religions. We have a huge LGBTQ plus community here as well. What opportunities do you see that could be happening that are not? What do you see that could be happening in this diverse community that is not happening? Okay, so I love Kentwood. And like I said, this is the community that Martin Luther King talked about in his I Have a Dream speech when he said little black girls and boys and little white boys and girls can come together. This is the place where that's happening at. However, we have no structure, structured way for them to do that. We don't have a cultural events commission. We don't have a office on equity and inclusion. We don't have a planning committee to create cultural festivals and other events. There is nothing here in our community that says, hey, we are so happy to be diverse that we want to share all of our differences and celebrate our differences as a community. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have the Asian Awareness Festival. We're going to have the Polish Festival here. If you want to engage in stuff like Juneteenth, you have to go to other neighboring cities like Grand Rapids or even Wyoming, which mm -hmm. is another suburb that had a Juneteenth celebration this summer where in Kentwood we didn't. So um, I want to create a platform and spaces for our neighbors to get together um, strengthen our neighborhood associations, strengthen our neighborhood clubs, and let's learn about each other. Let's teach each other about our cultures. Let's take the best of each culture and make Kentwood even better for the future. I love it. And I 
aside from the cold, love Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, global warming is happening. I know, I know. (laughs) As long as Florida, if Florida gets flooded in the next week or so, I'll be there to visit you soon. You know, I should bite my tongue. Um, Yes, you should. Right? (laughs) I know, it's too real. Moon wobbles, all that stuff. Lee, you wear your heart on your sleeve. I don't think you've ever really, you probably hold back because you have to in certain environments, but when given the ability to not hold back, the realest, most genuine you is an amazing, amazing human being. What about the part that scares me when I think about the idea of getting into the local elections and things like that? It's all the nitty gritty. Like, what's the stuff that you have to do as a city commissioner that is going to affect dollars and cents in people's pockets in your community? Like, what is going to be the nitty gritty if they come down and say, money in our pockets, jobs in our families, kids in school, what is the nitty gritty stuff as city commissioner that, that you have to handle or will handle or want to handle or look forward to handling? Well, and it's really interesting that nitty gritty stuff, um, it sounds so boring um, because you think of things like zoning. Right. Are you zoning land and property to be residential or are you zoning it for a business and what type of business? Um, is it commercial or is it small business? Those things really matter in terms of creating jobs for people. So I am learning all kinds of stuff to prepare myself for that right now about our current zoning ordinances and um, making sure that our zoning ordinances are equitable so that everybody in the community has an opportunity to create a business if they choose. We also have to make sure that our residential zoning is equitable so more people can come and enjoy our wonderful community and all of its enriched, its rich diversity and um, our beautiful residents. So that is part of um, some of the nitty gritty stuff. Other right. things is you know, creating the city budget and making sure that we have services, our water services, our trash services, which are not operated through the city currently, um, recycling services, those types of things are all offered through the city. So making sure that our budget is appropriate for our policing and the level of policing, the type of policing that we need for our fire um, firemen and emergency responders to make sure that they can respond and help families who are in need when they need it, as soon as they need it. Um, making sure that our property taxes and things are taken care of, permits so that people can renovate their homes, add on to their homes, make improvement, those types of things are all um, operated by our local government and um, our local municipalities. So the city commissioners are in charge of all of those things. So would you still be working uh, would you be now done working? Would you be able to retire from social work if you became a city no, commissioner? Absolutely <laughs> not. While there is a small salary for it, it is very small. 
this would be a part-time position. It, it's not a full-time position. So I will continue doing social work in the community. Thank goodness. A lot of times when people get elected to office, there's this ivory tower mentality that they've gone into this ivory tower, there they sit, now they're elected, I just sit down here, I'm common person and I just sit here. And there's two things I want to accomplish with this next question. One is I'd like people to know how approachable you are and how welcoming you are to have any conversation with anybody. And two, um, if you could tell everybody about how your family's grown, um, over the past couple years, it's you don't just talk the talk is what I'm trying to get at. A lot of people will say they should do this and they should do that. Well, like you, we've said earlier, I'm a social worker. I have worked in child welfare for the past 20 years, probably longer than that. And um, when you say I walk the walk, I definitely do that. Um, my husband and I have been relative caregivers for three different family members over the last 20 years. So um, we have provided care for five children total. And we adopted the last three last year during the pandemic. Um, each time that we've been in that position, it was due to a family member who's struggling with substance use issues. And they had a crisis that would have required my cousins, all of the kids that we've cared for have been my cousins, um, to go on the foster care placement. And we know that being removed from families is more, just as traumatic as being abused and neglected in families and the rates of abuse and um, the, just the difficulties that kids in care face was just too much for us to allow our family members to go into the system. So we stepped up as difficult as it was and opened up our hearts and our home um, to our family members. And so um, we had four children already. So now this brings us with the adoption, it brings us to seven kids. We have five boys and two girls. Um, this is the first opportunity Deanna and I have had to have girls, and we are absolutely loving that. It's really Aww. cute to see him dancing with his daughters and Aww. cuddled up and reading books and stuff like that. Daughters um, need dads too, so that's 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 a win-win. They definitely do, and um, he has really stepped up and plays a huge role. Um, in their lives and they're really close. So I, I love seeing that aspect of it when, as opposed to seeing him and the boys, you know, slap box all the time. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think with that, well, the reason that I wanted to highlight that is because like that ivory tower is like, the idea of you being a city commissioner is a big deal for us. We grew up coming through it, seeing every aspect of life growing from young, you know, young individuals to adults and watching mm -hmm. your growth and watching how you've kind of taken on what you said you were going to do. You've all, you've always done what you said you were going to do. And as somebody who knows you very well, the people around you that have the, the capacity to vote for you need to know that you are somebody who does what you say you are going to do. And 
I hope that everybody around you, when they see you coming and knocking on their door, they'll open their door and they'll chat with you and they'll get to know you. Or if they, you know, see you wherever you are, hopefully people will just know that they can come and chat with you because you've you've got you've had a you've had a lot of experience in life and they they will find a commonality with you somewhere. Somewhere. Oh, for sure. For sure. And we've been through it all. And um, it's important that our leadership is approachable, um, compassionate, and empathetic, and can really understand that not everybody's experience is the same. Um, it's really important to me that I reach out to members of our foreign community who have immigrated here, whether they're documented legally or illegally, they live here, they work here, they invest here, our kids go to school together. I wanna know what their experiences are like. Um, I want to hear their stories of how they came here. And I know that we all have come from different places and different experiences because we all share the same value of living in a nice, safe community where we could feel safe and feel able to be ourselves, that we belong here, that people, when we go to the park or when we go to, to pay a bill, that people aren't going to look at us like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here because that's never a good feeling. And um, that was one of the reasons why we chose Kentwood compared to some of the other communities that around us is because we wanted to be in a community where we wouldn't feel like an outlier, like we, we aren't wanted or accepted. And for the most part, we have that there, but I do feel that there are some parts of our community who don't feel that they belong. And I would, those are the people who I really want to be intentional about reaching out to, to finding out how we can make this a tolerant community, a patient community, a compassionate community. Because we're, like I said, our diversity is our strength and we're already set up to be a leader in the nation in terms of tolerance and compassion and love and acceptance. So that's the Kentwood that I wanna help create, one neighbor at a time, one house at a time but uniting us together for that purpose. Okay, thank you for the chills. I will take those chills now with me. Yes, Kentwood, you are lucky, lucky, lucky to have my girl, my girl, Bianca yes. Riley Irwin. You are very blessed to have her as a candidate for city commissioner. How can people get involved if they want to help you win and be a leader in your community? All right, everybody, the hit quarters for the campaign is at my house, 1226 Pickett Street, Southeast Kentwood, Michigan. You can stop by. You can email me at leonica at leonicaforthepeople.com. My website is leonicaforthepeople.com. You can also look up leonicarileyerwin.com and it will take you to the website as well. I need people to help me knock on doors and pass out flyers. We need to canvas the city and let people know that there is an important election. This is not a presidential election year, so voter turnout is usually low. We want people to get involved and stay involved. So that means that we need people to come to the polls November 2nd and vote 
for their city commissioners, for their city mayor, for the city clerk too. All those different positions are up for office this year. And we just need to hit doors and let people know what our platform is, get them connected and find out what their vision is for our wonderful city.